What's up, everybody? You're listening to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name. And my name is Alex Worldwide Keller. And now you know Wrestling Cheers Worldwide. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows. Welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when we're all marking out. And like I said, this is Wrestling Cheers, brought to you by the brand new TrendingTopicsNetwork.com and also NEO Sports Insiders. This is a nice little dandy podcast where we like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews. And this, this is one of them shows. We we have a special, this is a bonus episode. Normally we do one episode a week, and I'll I'll get into the episode for the regular episode for this week. But this is a bonus episode. And like I, I, I had been saying, I, I tried to get an interview with, actually, hold on, hold on, back up, back up rewind rewind i'm so excited for this I'm, I'm i'm skipping over things i'm skipping over usual things i'm skipping over usual housekeeping such as how this is wrestling cheers please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts, google play stitcher tune in youtube spotify or podbean wrestling cheers dot podbean dot com if you want to get a hold of us we're on facebook twitter and instagram facebook.com slash wrestling cheers twitter.com slash wrestling cheers and instagram.com slash wrestling cheers and email if you so choose a desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com also, we have merch, we have shirts, we have hoodies. It's all available at our whatamaneuver.net store. So please go over there, whatamaneuver.net, type in Wrestling Cheers, and head on over to our store. Maybe here soon, in the coming month or so, we will have some new designs up for, for you to check out. But back to what I was saying, I, I had mentioned at the, the last AIW show, I, I had attempted, I had tried to get an interview with Magnum CK. Well, we had planned it after the show, and then he broke his nose, and, you know, that was it was a no-go. I think it's something we, we do touch upon a little bit in the in, in the interview. So before AIW's Enter the Dragon, this past Saturday in Akron, Ohio at the Tadmore Shrine, uh, we, we, uh, we had an interview. It was supposed to be about an hour, but a couple things got in the way. But we st- I still got a good half hour, a little, over, a little over half hour interview with him. And this is a bonus episode. So if I got a five-minute interview, hey, that's, that's, that's something. And uh, eventually Magnum will come back on. There's actually a couple things that I I wanted to talk about. There's a there's a quote that uh, you could find on my personal feed on Twitter at heavyset three three zero, and it's it's actually it's a, my pin tweet, and it's a quote tweet of Magnum CK, and it's it's a little line of advice that Magnum CK's grandfather had, and this is the tweet. I mean, this is back from early in the year on January tenth. He says, "Great advice from my grandfather. Don't ever assume that loyalty goes both ways." End quote. Keep your eyes open, heart full, and path clear. And that's that's something that that I put as my pin tweet. I mean, I just I quote tweeted and said words that I'm starting to live by. So true. Thank your pappy Frank for me, CK. And he's actually t- tweeted this a couple times. I happened to 
just do a Twitter search for this tweet, and I found a couple more that was the same quote. And I wanted to get into that, and he even said his grandfather had had a couple more. There were some other things I think we could have gotten into, but we, like I said, we didn't. We, we, we spent on the bulk of what I wanted to talk about, so that is the main, main part of the show here for you. So I'm going to go into that, and then when I get back after the interview, we're going to talk about this week's regular episode and uh how fun that's gonna be so stick around after the interview for all the news on that but now let's let's go into the magnum ck interview this is the bard the new lead of sports entertainment professional wrestling whatever you want to call it the prince of broadway and the leader of the production frankie flynn and you're listening to Wrestling Cheers. All right, we're back on the podcast. Like I said, special episode here, and I'm sitting down with the one and only Magnum CK. Magnum, how are you doing today? Well, thankfully, there's one only one and only. I don't know. I don't know how many of me we can handle. <laughs> we were supposed to do this the last show, but yes. a little. Uh, issue came up that's true my nose was shattered off my face no <laughs> not not really but no my, yeah my nose so yeah i uh just a timing thing i got my nose smashed and uh normally i don't think it would be that big of a deal but i mean a broken nose is a broken nose yeah. but um uh they couldn't get the bleeding to stop <laughs> so some time was going by and they had it plugged off they had those like uh those plier things or whatever to or yeah. whatever they are to like stop to squeeze my nose together and it just wouldn't stop so they're like yeah will you go to the hospital please <laughs> and i was like yeah i guess i will <laughs> and then like uh, i think you messaged me like way after because i already asked yeah. uh the rest of the production, I was like, am I going to go to the hospital? He's, they're like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, all right. I mean, obviously, I'm not, I wasn't mad at all. Right, more like, right. oh, man, if your nose is broken, like, you definitely need to get I just, that taken care of. Yeah, I just kind of, uh, I was sitting, because they got me in the ER, like, right away. And, of course, it wasn't, like, an emergency, but it was, like, you know, I had about a three-and-a-half-hour drive, and they were worried about me driving home, like, bleeding and stuff, you yeah. know, like. You never know. You can just pass out or maybe you have a facial fracture that you don't know about, you know, and, and, and so they got me right in. But then I was sitting there for a few hours because, you know, Friday night, believe it or not, a an ER on Friday night in Cleveland is a little wild. <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of a wild scene. So they find, you know, I was there for a couple hours and like Tom Lawler's like shooting me messages like, hey, you want to get coffee? Like, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, the yeah. same hospital, you know. And then I was like, oh, crap, the interview. Like, ah, so I yeah. messaged you and I was like, oh, my gosh, man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah, it seemed, it, it was just a very crazy night. You, Carson, oh, Waller, yeah. like, ho- like holy. Crap. Well, that's what I said of like of the three like injury injuries. You know, like a, a concussion and a broken arm and a broken nose. I would pick the broken nose. You know, I felt bad for the other guys. You know, a broken arm. You know, he can't wrestle for. You know, I don't. I'm sure. I'm sure Lawler will be back sooner than anybody else <laughs> probably would. And then Lawler did it like he clotheslined yeah. Dom so he, hard. He broke his own arm yeah. hitting somebody. That's. I think you pointed out on Twitter today that even Stan Hansen hasn't hasn't broken <laughs> his own arm. That is <laughs> a legendary story. Yeah. that will go on forever. Yeah, it's the one injury he could have gotten that's probably going to make him more money. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, what, one thing I really want to talk to you about. Uh, I've listened to like because you've done like almost a podcasting tour lately, <laughs> where uh, you've done uh, the road home from wrestling a couple times. Yeah. You did. Um, 
you did a kick out of two sure, sure. And, and a bunch of others, but not, not that many people have talked about your, your acting side. Oh, okay. And that's, I mean, yeah. that's something that we share in common. When, yeah. I, when I was in high school, I did, I did the drama performances there. It was something I really, I, I got bit by the acting bug. I just could never do anything after, right. after I got out of high school with it. And I, I'm curious, like where, where did it all start for you? Just, you know, that aspect. Well, of that's kind of the key is like that transition period. So I was always afraid of it. In ninth grade, they made us do like a, freshman play and I had like a part with one line in it I played I forget what the play even was some character named Lowell is all I remember because <laughs> it was like Lowell from Wings <laughs> that's yeah. the only reason I remember the name I had one line that I delivered you know like terrified and and it was probably terrible and then senior year rolled around and uh in high school and they needed men it was it was right before senior year they needed men for the drama department and i had an english teacher who was also the drama teacher and uh she kept on me all the time she's like you know you you i was great because i was got i'd gotten really good at like public speaking Mm -hmm. and and i was introverted and i still am to this day in a certain sense in like my personal self but i was getting good at like speeches and stuff like that and i had her for speech class and she's like will you please audition you know and uh, so then I became like one of my friend of mine and I became like the two males like that did theater, you know, and at the time, you know, it was a good way to meet girls. Like there were lots of girls in the drama. Yeah. So I'm a senior year. I had just gotten tall. You know, I was kind of short and chubby up until then. And then I just gotten tall and I started working out and stuff. And all of a sudden, like I was getting attention, you know, and I was mm-hmm. like, oh, OK. And then um I ended up kind of sticking with it. I took a couple of years off. You know, I got into wrestling right after high school. And then uh, when I tapered down wrestling uh, the first time, I I kind of ratcheted up the plays and musicals and eventually got into musicals and stuff. And it's just kind of been a huge part of my life. I mean, that's how I met my wife. You know, we met, we were in Rocky Horror together, which is my first musical. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it's funny how it all relates to wrestling and all the theater relates back uh, as well. Because like I had never done a musical before. It was 2011. And uh, I'd never sung a note in my life like i you know i mm-hmm. I'd never sung before my dad was a musician but i'd never i've played guitar and stuff but i never sung and then so they had the singing auditions and on my way into the singing audition i stopped at a 7-eleven you might remember this at the time they had like wwe legends cups yeah and like for big gulps or something and i'd always I, for the couple of weeks i've been looking for roddy piper i was like roddy piper and i and they had it i was on my way there so i and i so i had a bottle of water i put it down i grabbed the piper cup and i just filled it with water paid for a big gulp Mm -hmm. you know and i took i remember purposely like uh grabbing the piper cup as i walked into my audition and taking it with me and be like hot rods coming with me like i need i need i'm alone like i need somebody you know and i remember right before i was singing like literally you know it sounds cliche but my i remember my left knee specifically was knocking like it was shaking like i was Mm -hmm. standing there and my knee was just like buckling under me and i sang my song and as i did i kind of glanced down and i saw the pipe i had the piper cup sitting there and i was like man hot rod all right all right hot rod baby and Mm -hmm. i just went for it and i ended up getting the lead role and that's where i met my wife and everything so if it wasn't for theater, um, I wouldn't know like most of the people who I know, you know. Mm-hmm. So wrestling and theater are kind of intertwined for me in a weird way, if that if that makes any sense. So uh, over the course of several years, I ended up doing about uh, 20 or so, more than 20 plays and musicals. And I, I got lead roles in all of them, which was a really uh, cool thing. So I had lots and lots of experience. And then I, I went on and moved to Chicago. I studied at Second City and stuff. And all that's helped me in wrestling. Like when I came back to wrestling, uh, it was on my uh, 30th birthday uh, in 2016, April 9th, 2016. And I remember getting in the ring and I had gone up to Chikara and trained a little bit to get yeah. back in the ring and everything and get kind of the rust off or at least try. 
And I got in the ring. I was the opening match of a remix pro wrestling show. It was like 800 or 1,000 people there. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, all right. And I realized that I wasn't very nervous. And I was like, I feel like I should be nervous. Like, why am I not nervous? I was excited, but I wasn't like, oh, yeah. I didn't have that knee-knocking feeling. And then I got, I was like, why does this feel comfortable? I haven't done this in like seven years, <laughs> you know, or whatever it was, six years. And then I looked around and I was like, oh, my God, this is a stage. Like, you idiot. Yeah, yeah. Like, this is a stage. This is a play you're about to do. Ah, oh. then it just like clicked. And I was like, okay. And the match went great, you know, and, and I think that's been that's helped a lot with my mindset um, coming forward in the last two years since is just looking at it as just a positive of like, yeah, you've done this a million times, dude. Like, I take it very seriously. I get very excited. But it's like this is nothing new, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems like less of like a dragon to be tamed and more of just like, a, yeah, yeah, go have some fun, you know, <laughs> like I know when I was doing drama in high school for me, it was because we, we'd have like a we do two sets a year and i like that we always did kind of we well we did some ones that everybody knew like we did yeah charlotte's web i think before uh i was in it when i was in middle school they did anna green gables yeah of and course they, they, do, they do little shop of horrors but then oh, they, yeah. they were they were also throwing these ones that people didn't know yeah they were like they're actually my favorite were were ensembles uh they were these ensemble things where they had a bunch of little sketches all throughout and i love those shows because no one knew the story going in yeah you go to a show like um charlotte's web and green gables sure. rocky horror picture like you kind of know what's gonna happen but you're actually going okay tell me this own story but what i was actually going to get to is with me it was i was always nervous before the first show oh yeah like uh-huh. it was just kind of like oh we're doing this new thing but after that it was boom 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 yeah my fun thing was the the last one of my senior year i didn't get nervous until the last show <laughs> that's weird because i knew like that was it yeah well that's the it's like the last football game of your senior year or yeah. something you know um it's funny to me the most nerve-wracking days always were and probably still are the audition and then if you're on a production that has like a set this is the day you have to be out of book and you can't carry your script in rehearsal anymore mm-hmm. that day used to always yeah. give me a lot of but it's just dumb because like okay so if i forget my lines like i'm one i'm not the only one but also uh it's in front of a bunch of people that i'm working with it's not an audience so like i would always get more nervous about performing in front of my peers than i would the yeah. audience because i don't i don't know why but but i found that i i you know my nervousness has transformed like because i just did the last musical i did was last summer which is actually why i missed absolution last year i was supposed to start here at aiw uh, at absolution but i had signed a contract with the theater and i did hairspray and i remember thinking as i was doing it i was like wow yeah like i'm not nervous like i'm kind of excited like the opening night was like oh cool people are going to come see this thing we've been working on yeah. but then after that it just becomes kind of normal it was just like oh we're gonna head down to the thing because we did like god i don't even know like 20 20 different performances of this show and i was just like it just becomes like you know a rhythm yeah <laughs> you know you just yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. you get elevated a little bit i mean you care you know you get like okay here we go about to go on stage and you get kind of a little heart pumping you know but none of that like i used to get when i used to wrestle for cleveland all pro like in 2006 or seven or five, somewhere around there, I would get like literally sick. Like I would be in the bathroom sick before those matches just because I was so nervous about like, you know, cause JT lightning was like someone from my life who I knew, like his first match was one of my uncle's shows. Like he was a big deal to me. And like, it was on Ohio television, you know, yeah. and like Samoa Joe's there and like Brian Daniels. And like, it felt like a huge deal. And so I would get literally sick. Like I'd be in the bathroom, uh, sick. And then so now, it's so cool to be more like 
changing that to like a higher frequency thinking of like, okay, there's nothing to be afraid of because I'm just surrounded by people like, like, uh, Samoa Joe, for instance, he's just a guy like, you know, he's very talented, but he's just a dude, you know, like, uh, that kind of happens when you first wrestle, like your first like name guy or whatever Mm -hmm. you want to call it, where it's like, Oh man. Okay. Then you're like, Oh, you know what? The honky tonk man is just like, his name's Wayne. He's a nice guy. You know, (laughs) like they're just dudes with families and cars and mortgages. And you're like, okay, yeah, we're, we're peers, you know? So feeling that transition into like, yeah, let's see how much fun we can have. You know, I think that that's important for both theater and wrestling, if that hmm. makes sense. What was uh, some of the, your favorite performances you've done in, on, on that side? Rocky Horror is my favorite show I've ever done in my life because I've, I played Frankenfurter, the, the Tim Curry uh, role yeah. or whatever. And I've never felt like more from an audience than I did when playing that role. Cause that show's written in a, in a way that like just makes him this ultimate superstar. Cause mm-hmm. like he's not in the first like four scenes. It's like this big buildup. And then they have me popping out of this like sarcophagus looking door type thing yeah. in my outfit and everything. And, uh, I was in really great shape for it, you know, trying to slim down for it and everything. And, um, I've never had that reaction from an audience, you know, uh, that's that, like, that's the biggest reaction ever. And it was just, you feel like a rock star. So that, that was definitely my fi- like all time favorite. Like I said, that's where I met my wife. You know, we got married about four mm-hmm. years after that. Uh, but you know, so that was like an exciting thing too of like, Oh my God, who's this person I'm working with? Like, they're awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it was just a cool, that that's the Rocky horror is one of my favorites, even though you know, there's some parts in the second act that I'm like, eh, it kind of falls apart for me a little bit. But still, like by the by the end of it, it brings it all around, and it's just a special, fun show because like it still happens now. I still get approached about it uh, from from sharing pictures or even if I ever go visit my hometown. You know, um, but like people that you wouldn't think people that you would think think would Rocky Horror would be like pornographic or gross or ooh a guy dressed as a girl or what is this they love it like mm-hmm. it's weird it brings people together like people who probably would never go to an actual drag show in their life because like it's you know whatever against their whatever uh, come to Rocky Horror and love it so it like touches people in a weird way well pardon the pun I guess <laughs> <laughs> as much as this will probably offend some listeners I've never seen Rocky Horror well the mo- you know the movie and the show are a little different different uh you know we did the musical version oh i mean the movie's a musical too but the musical the broadway 2001 broadway revival version so they're very similar but i i mean i just had always been a fan of the movie too you know so uh it was just cool to get to play that part especially because i never thought that i would be able to be in a musical Mm -hmm. uh i knew i was an actor but i didn't know if i could sing or dance i didn't think i could do any of that so getting to to fulfill that was like a, a big surprise honestly so do you prefer musicals over regular, I don't know whether you want to call it just non-musicals or? Um, yeah, that's a tough one. I, I think musicals are more fun in a weird way because, uh, you know, I don't want to say they're easy. They're more difficult, but it's easier for the crowd, I think. The audiences respond a lot more to a musical, and they make a lot more money, to be honest. Wow. But um, it is cool to be like, yeah, we talked for a while, and guess what? Now we're going to sing and dance. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah. So, like, uh, and, and memorizing uh, music is a lot easier than memorizing lines. Like, I remember I did. Uh, I played Felix in The Odd Couple. I'd done a few musicals, and that was my first play I'd done in a few years. And, oh, my God, I had, like, a billion lines. I just remember being, like, my 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 face hurt. I was just like, <laughs> I can't memorize all these lines. Like, when's the song start? Songs are easy. <laughs> You know, uh, so uh, musicals are more fun, I think. I mean, it's nice to do a play every once in a while, but it's been a while since I've done one. I think Odd Couple might have been the last play that I did. It's been three or four years. I've done mostly musicals. And right now I've just been directing. I directed The Addams Family, uh, Godspell, and uh, I'm currently directing Grease. 
and then coming down the road, I think uh, for spring of 2019, I may be directing the uh, Beauty and the Beast, but uh, mm-hmm. which is going to be a big one, you know, a big turnout for that one. So I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I'm weighing my options. It's a lot of work, you know, but I found a lot more enjoyment uh, at this point in my life in directing because that's where the real creative part really comes in, you yeah. know, because I'm shaping the whole thing. And I just like, I mean, you can tell I like talking, but <laughs> but I like teaching and show, you know, and guiding yeah. and giving people confidence. I've had some bad directors in my life who make people feel like crap or make them feel like, oh, it's actors versus d- the staff, you know, or like a yeah, separation. Yeah. But I'm such a like community like player, you know, yeah, it's yeah. like it's, it's a community putting this whole thing together. So that's been really fulfilling, you know. I just have to know, being a huge uh, Chris Farley fan, what was the second city like? It's scary at first. I mean, I was terrified to walk into the place. Um, I'd actually, they had like an accelerated program for people with acting experience and Mm -hmm. stuff and that I applied for and got into. Uh, And so we met uh, twice a week as opposed to once a week. And we had like longer hours. Like we did three or four hours. I can't remember like on on, uh, Mondays and Thursdays. And uh, it was terrifying because improv is completely different. Like I'm, I, I like to be a jokey type of guy. Like, I, I, you know, I'm pretty quick with jokes and stuff like that a lot of times, like just kind of riffing around. And it doesn't work with improv. Like that kind of kills the scene. If you're sitting there trying to be funny and trying to be, come to be clever, it's never, it's not genuine anymore. You know, mm-hmm. you can get to the point where you can break some of those rules, but it took me a while to really get my head around that of like, okay, well, the funny is going to happen. You just have to trust that it's going to happen. Like you don't have to sit and make a joke. So I struggled big time. Like the first couple of months, uh, I really did not do well. And then I did a scene with a girl. Uh, I forget her name. I think her name was Eliza. Anyway, she was very good. She was very talented. But she was kind of having some of the same struggles I was, I felt. And they put us together for a scene. And the way the scene went, it was like an exercise, you know, type of scene. Like we were working on stuff. And the way it went, it got really serious, like out of nowhere. And it became this big emotional weird scene. And like she started crying. It was weird. Like we were playing a couple, having this fight. It was crazy. And then uh, uh, I remember it, it being over. And then uh, our inst- my instructor, Dana, who's the best, um, uh, she was kind of side coaching a little bit as we were doing it. She was like, okay, scene. And then we kind of stopped and like blinked and got out of it. And like, and we were hugging, we had hugged at the end of the scene or something. And we looked around and everyone was just looking at us like wide eyed, like they, we had all their attention. And I was like, I thought we did a bad job because I was like, well, that wasn't funny. And she's like, doesn't have to be. She's no. like, that happens. She's like, even on Second City shows, like it's hilarious, but sometimes you get into a weird scene that gets really serious. And she's mm-hmm. like, any good improvisers, uh, like in the back, is not going to stop you. They're going to let it go because it's like, wow, this is interesting. Like, who cares yeah, if it's yeah. funny? We didn't find funny in that one but it was genuine you know yeah. so i kind of oh weird i got like chill like mm-hmm. skin crawly thinking about it like it kind of gave me goosebumps but um it was hard it was really hard and uh but i just stuck it out and then uh i ended up better for it you know like well, i think back a lot of times when i'm doing these wrestling shows uh, i'll think back to like when i did rocky horror uh we did two shows a night a lot of nights so we would do a midnight show also and those were some of the hardest days of my life because it's such a huge role and i'm in five inch heels and i'm running around you gotta have energy and you gotta bring it and you gotta you know it's a big big character and then i think about sometimes uh improv and how much i struggled with that and i'm like okay well i can do any of this (laughs) (laughs) like like you know i could go have an eight minute match (laughs) like that's nothing (laughs) 
I, did I answer your question? I don't even remember. <laughs> well, you, you're telling me what's oh, what, second what city. Say, yeah, yeah, it, a cool, cool environment. They have classes for everybody, and what's cool is they have open uh, time too, where you can perform for paying audiences and stuff, mm-hmm. and you can perform with your instructors. And that's where I learned the most. Like uh, Dana, I forget how to say her last name. I never knew Dana Q, uh, but because uh, she had a weird last name, she had everyone call her Dana Q. But she, you could, I performed with her a couple of times, and it was just like every time was like it felt like a month long class of like I left a, a five minute scene with her and it was like I just learned everything like what just yeah, happened yeah, yeah. like you know because she had been doing it since she was like 15 and worked for Second City for like 15 years and had like SNL auditions and stuff you know and her roommate actually was that um, what's her name from SNL Strong like uh, Cicely Strong Cicely Strong they were I love, roommates I love Cicely they Strong. lived together when she got the call about SNL like mm-hmm. she came in to my instructor's room and was like okay okay you can't tell anybody this but I just got the call, you know, yeah. and they're like, ah, you know, so yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're training with really real world people, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and legit professionals. I mean, she would have to miss class sometimes cause she was on like a tour, you know, in like the UK with the yeah. second city, you know? So it's worth the money. If you live in Chicago and you just want to try something new or anywhere really, uh, that has a good improv. Uh, I have a friend, my friend, Mike, who I made the documentary we were talking about marking out. He's taking improv classes right now in Pittsburgh and he loves it. And he's like super introverted too but he's really thriving you know so it's a great dude go for it all right it's actually a perfect transition a uh marking out because like, like i told you right before we started recording i finally sat down and watched it yeah. i felt bad because i remember when it was being promoted a lot i just never got a chance to get around to watching yeah. it but michael's the one that uh i really enjoy because the whole t-shirt thing yeah he had like i forget what it was like a hundred and plus t-shirt i counted all his wrestling t-shirts yeah. but at the time he was embarrassed to wear them in public really he's since come he's just he's just a, he's a, here's the thing about mike is he's a really really smart guy mm-hmm. and 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 sometimes i think really really smart people they're just they get way up in their heads and he thought mm-hmm. you know he, he just he's very intellectual you know so he just kind of talked himself out of wearing like oh man people are gonna think this or they're gonna think that yeah. or i don't know yeah you know, uh, but he does now. I mean, you know, there's still, he won't wear that Rusev shirt anywhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have that shirt. I was, I, okay, I was, I was watching. I'm a, I'm a huge t-shirt, t- I'm a t-shirt collector in sure. general. Yeah. I think at wrestling, I'm at right now 250. Wow. Ish. Holy. I have, yeah. I've lost count and I have the Rusev shirt. That's one of my favorites. He won't wear it in his house. He I bought it because he's a kind of an impulse buy type of guy sometimes. Yeah. And he bought it and he said he got it delivered and he was like, what did I do? Like what happened? He did the same thing. He bought the Isaac Yankum figure and he got delivered to his house and he didn't even take it out of the box. Like out of the, the package, like the pet that it was shipped in. He's like, I'm not, he's like, why did I do this? <laughs> I, I don't like, I don't get that with the Russo shirt. <laughs> That, like I said, that is hands down one of my favorites. I think that one. Well, it's the one with the metal mm-hmm. on the front, yeah, right? That's, yeah, that's the one, that was his, uh, I believe, his first shirt. Shirt, yeah. I, well, I love costume shirts, and that's okay. let's face it, it's basically a costume shirt except sure. for this doesn't have the hairy chest. Yeah, it doesn't have the hairy <laughs> chest. It's, it's, it's basically like as if Rusev was wearing a black shirt with yeah. the, with the metal on it. I mean, I love sure. that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, I collect a lot too. I don't really get a lot from the WWE because sometimes their shirts, I don't feel like they're the best quality fabric. But uh, Homage, uh, out of Columbus, Homage uh, shirts, man, they, they're they so soft. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I buy my shirts based on feel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's like my shirts at my table. Like I pay more for them, but it's because they're super soft and quality. Yeah. You know, like I want to sell something I'd wear. <laughs> yeah, because I think I think I have a couple Hamid shirts. I have some that because I think 
maybe some Fontaine shirts were through homage. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he the, has a relationship with him, yeah. And then I think a Gargano shirt that I have is homage. Oh, I'm sure, him. yeah, yeah. I think it's, I think, uh, don't quote me, but I think it's the one with says Johnny Gargano in the state, like state of Ohio. Yeah, of because course. Because that is one of the Johnny Johnny wrestling, wrestling I think. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. Johnny Wrestling, yeah, yeah. Johnny yeah, wrestling. I mean, that's great. Shirt. It was speaking of, speaking of him, I know you know we're getting off on all these uh, tangents or whatever, but Johnny Gargano is just the coolest guy. Is he not? Have you met, have you like met him, met him? Have oh, you really oh, talked? Oh, yeah. I've been oh my god like i love him since 2000 because i met him when you know we started around the same time like I, I you know and 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 he was cool even back then and then i met him again i hadn't seen him in maybe almost 10 years and, and he showed up i saw him in cleveland and he's still the nicest humblest coolest mm-hmm. most generous guy which is oh, awesome yeah. but i mean he has a five-star match from dave Meltzer, <laughs> yeah. and he's like the cool this was like after that happened i think mm-hmm. i don't remember but it was like he's like the coolest guy so anyway I think the, the th- one thing that I have with him is I have wrestling fans uh, or friend fans from all across the world and yeah. I've met through online stuff, and especially podcasts. And some of them recently, especially like after I think the Almas match, maybe they were like, you were right about him the whole yeah. time. And I'm oh, just like, he's great. oh, yeah, like he's great. And if you ever meet him, he's a super nice guy. I use him as an example all the time whenever I'm talking to some guys uh, about wrestling, because sometimes I'll see guys try to like out wrestle themselves where it's like maybe they'll have a fantastic character and but they're trying to do too much in the ring i don't mean like oh you know be lazy brother or anything like that but i mean like they're trying to they're trying to work outside of what works for them and i'm Mm -hmm. like listen we got a gargano already we got a guy who can do everything like do your character you know what i mean like you're not gonna out gargano gargano (laughs) so like why don't you just be you you know so i use him as an example all the time i mean he's just he's a prince i love him you don't see a guy like jock sampson Trying to be like Johnny Gargano. Oh, I know. Right. That would be a perfect example. It's like, hey, Jock, um, you know, nobody's paying to see Jock do Gargano moves. <laughs> you know, I mean, they might be surprised, but but they want Jock, you know, hey, baby, and like yelling at everybody and doing his gimmick, you know. So, yeah, I mean, any, I don't know how we got on Gargano, but he's a great guy. <laughs> we, were, we were stepping off from marching out with the whole Yeah, thing. yeah. I, I'm actually curious. Of, you sure. Would, you would know this, but if you could find out for me, I wonder how many shirts Michael has now. More. <laughs> well, <laughs> a lot more. I don't think he's gotten rid of any. I mean, I'm sure whatever the count was in the movie, we should say it's on Amazon Prime. It's just called Marking yeah, Out please, if you want to check if, it out. If you have, go check it out. If you have Prime, it's free with yeah, your Prime cool. membership or whatever. It's really good. It's, it's good. And we made it's about 85 minutes or something, but it's a full-length documentary. It's got Flair and Stan Hansen and EC3, a bunch of people in it, but mostly just fans. It's cool stories, you know. Mm-hmm. We try to make it so it's like here's a here's a window into wrestling fans' lives and, mm-hmm. and, and even some of the wrestlers who are also fans themselves, you know, and stuff like that. So we tried to make the movie like if you weren't a wrestling fan, you'd probably enjoy this. And I've actually had professors uh um, who I've had classes with, uh, two of them have found it somehow. I don't know if they just follow me on something and saw it, but they both were like, "Oh my god, I love." They they, they don't they have professors. They don't watch wrestling or anything. They're like, yeah. "I loved it. Like it was great." My wife loved it. You know, <laughs> it's like, "Okay, yeah. well, it's great." Kind of an A, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then, like, I never, I didn't even know before. Well, like, I kind of knew, but now it fitting all together that you actually did a podcast at one point because that's kind of yeah what part of everything like stems around. I do one in my spare time now. I don't do a wrestling one, but Mike and I do one called first world problems it's just kind of like a whenever we have time type thing i'm hoping to get back into the swing of that one uh, but it's just kind of us just kind of shooting it you know and just telling stories and stuff and uh it's more for us because we just like to talk and talk to each other and stuff like that. we talk every day i mean you know he just he texts me while i was sitting here <laughs> you know like um so yeah you know we're best buds so uh 
yeah, the podcast is fun, but I go through f- waves and phases, you know, like mm-hmm. that was really fun for a while. And I kind of got out of it and then I moved and he moved, you know, and then, uh, so now it's like wrestling has taken all my time and, yeah. you know, stuff like that and directing and stuff. So, you know, it goes in waves, you know, mm-hmm. just try to do different stuff all the time. I, I, I never could pinpoint what it was I wanted to be exactly when I grew up. So I'm just trying to do like all of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cause in that documentary, like we were saying, it's, I mean, you, you have all, all the people from wrestling. You know, you go go to go to Chikara. Yeah, uh, the, the DC part might be one of my favorites. Oh, we uh, went just, to Washington. Just getting, uh, not yeah, getting almost running out of gas because the Pope was visiting Washington yeah. DC. We went there to interview some people, and we thought, well, let's get some B roll footage of some monuments. And the Pope was visiting, and we got stuck. And then Mike was like, "We're sitting in traffic for like an hour," and he looks down, and he's driving, and he's like. We're out of gas. Oh my God, we're out of gas. <laughs> like, so then we're stuck. And then so, so we ended up just taking B roll footage of the hotel room. Yeah. <laughs> and that was Mike. I was just like, because Mike was kind of upset about it. He's like, what do we do? And I was like, listen, let's go back to the room. Let's turn it into a joke. Like, well, I was like, let's start filming now because this is, this could be part of the movie. This is a disaster. So let's start filming. <laughs> yeah. So we put on like the dashboard camera and started filming it and uh, just made it a part of the movie. And, it, and that's what makes the movie fun because it's not, it's not like a stuffy, documentary you know it has some heart to it but it's also just kind of like look at these idiots like what are they <laughs> like yeah. what are we doing <laughs> um oh, what else there was there about oh, that because it's it's so it's so great um oh i was gonna say the traffic i mean i know from just being a truck driver like just dc in general like, yeah. I, I haven't gone through downtown in yeah. the semi but i know 95 around dc normally it's like uh, at least a little bit south especially sure. from let's say noon to five is, it's nuts. It's impossible. It's and ridiculous. Like, I, had a, I had a friend that lives south of there. Yeah. And I was like, you drive that every day? I'm like, well, my job's hard, but you have to drive this. You. We, you it was a Friday. We didn't know the Pope was in town, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, because they had half the city shut down for the stupid Pope. <laughs> We're like, okay, like, you know, is he doing a parade? Like, why is, this, why is the city shut down? <laughs> like, get him to his hotel and let's wrap it up, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. All right, well, uh start to wrap things up here. I want to touch just a little bit right now because you're in an AIW yeah. and the production. Sure. Uh, as a lot of people know, I'm a huge fan and like this, it's it's slowly becoming one of the best things in AIW. Oh, I appreciate right that. It's a lot of fun and it all comes from the mind of John Thorne who's, uh, and I'm not even just saying this because he's the guy in charge. He's just a wonderful dude, a wonderful giving. Uh, people don't know. He, I, I, don't know if, I don't know if he listens to your show or not, uh, but he's low key like a sweet guy. <laughs> like he, you know, and I don't think a lot of people really but i picked up on that the, one of the first couple times i met him but um I, he's just interesting and then yeah he contacted me and they were like hey frankie's doing this like broadway type thing like what if you came in could you be his like muscle type thing and i had to miss absolution like i said i was like man i was like i, I was so i remember where i was when i had to tell john thorne that i can't debut at absolution because yeah. i have somewhere else to go and i was like oh my god i just blew it you know because i've always wanted to come up here uh and uh, he was like, oh, no, it'll work. Here's the dates for the rest of the year. We'll figure it out. And then so luckily that happened because they got uh, Colby and Derek in and we made a group out of it. Uh, and then we've, you know, since now, you know, we have Eddie and, and, and uh, Donovan, you know. So it's become a whole big thing. But it's just interesting because we're all so different, I think, is why it works. Another reason why it works is we're none of us are really selfish. Like, we just mm-hmm. kind of make it work together. And just and I think and, jo- and John hit this on his podcast. I think he hit it on the head. He's also a very intuitive guy. He um. 
he was like, they're just, they're guys that are really, really desperate to carve out their spot in wrestling. And that's exactly it. Like, you know, without even really talking about it or saying it, you know, or thinking it or whatever, like subconsciously, we're all just trying to make our, carve out our little spot in the pie, you know? So I think that's why it really works. And it's different from anything else that's going on in wrestling or, or going on in AIW. So I think it really works. And like, what can't be discounted is, is the AIW fans, because I was just telling my wife on the way up here today, she came with me and I was like, their fans are so into everything like mm-hmm. you know they're just so into it and 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 aiw fans are lucky in the sense that they've seen everything like they've seen so much but they're not jaded it's the weirdest thing because i've gone to shows where fans have seen everything and it's like they're like yeah boring you didn't cut his head off like <laughs> you know yeah. or like yeah well jake roberts was here yesterday who are you type thing you know that's a dated reference i guess but you know what i mean uh so it's just the you can't discount the fans. They took to it like immediately, you know, mm-hmm. and and we're bad guys. I, I we get the we get the reaction that I said we would I would hoped we got was just kind of like a horseman type thing where it's like we come out and they're like yeah boo you know yeah. like they're happy to see us but then it's like all oh, these jerks <laughs> yeah. you know so that's kind of that that's worked out really well and the fans here up here just get it you know they they, they they're part of the show in a really big way and uh, I just don't I don't have a bad thing to say about it I don't. I'm, I'm grateful uh, to, to be here and I'll just keep fighting to, to be relevant and, and keep my spot, you know, and the locker room is not like a cut. You think it'd be like a cutthroat locker room or something like ever. Man, it was so welcoming. Like mm-hmm. I remember after I had my first match, it was up here with PB, uh, Colin Delaney. I came back and he's like, well, you're stuck with us now, buddy. Like, <laughs> like you're part of the family. And I was yeah. like, oh, happily, happily. Like, I just love it. So, you know, if if the biggest thing I ever do in my wrestling career is have a good run up here in Cleveland, then I, I'll retire a happy dude, man. I, I, I love it. You know, I, I just uh, I'm just taking it one AIW show at a time, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we'll uh, we'll let you go because oh, yeah. you, you got to get some stuff. Do you want to throw out your uh, your all your any any and all plugs at the Magnum CK? That's Twitter and Instagram. Until we get at Magnum CK kicked off of Twitter, because even use it. Yeah. He's got at Magnum CK, he doesn't even use it. Uh, so I'm at the Magnum CK. That's the best place. I try to stay uh, uh, almost at awkward. I probably stay awkward too. I try to stay active on Twitter. You know, it's it's a good. It's a good uh, tool. I, and I just like interacting with people. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I might be, I'm kind of introverted, like I said, in my personal life, but online's fun. You know, I like, and people have been pretty positive. I haven't had too many people be like, oh, you suck and you're fat and gross. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like so I've been pretty lucky. And I think people get I'm a pretty genuine guy. Like, I, I was just in a place called Jackson, Ohio last night, and they had me do a promo in the opening segment of the show. And I was a bad guy. And, uh, and I was in the main event. And I had, after that promo, it was like 19. 1986 Roddy Piper like that place <laughs> I told my opponents so I was like listen you had to help me out of here <laughs> like you know and I had the place on fire and then we, you know we took 20 minutes before they got to me in the main event and then when they finally the place exploded and all this and even in the finish you know they're spitting at me and stuff and then I went to pick up my uh, stuff at my table afterward and all these people who were like F you 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 know you pussy and all this they came up to me and were like hey I really enjoyed your stuff and I was like oh like okay I thought you were going to shoot me <laughs> like <laughs> so it's a cool time for rest where everyone's kind of playing into it, you know, yeah. playing along. And then when the show's over, it's like, okay, I don't have to worry about my car getting tipped over or something. But yeah, at the Magnum CK, that's the best place, man. I really appreciate it. 
And of course, uh, check out Marking Out. Yeah, we're check- Marking Out on Amazon Prime. It's worth a watch. Uh, you know, it's got some good reviews. If you want to give it a review, that's great. It came out two years ago, and it's kind of getting a little resurgence, I guess, because I'm probably making the rounds online yeah, yeah. and stuff. You know, so it's worth a watch. It's fun. I mean, you know, it, it's a it's a nice feel. I, I know a lot of people who watch it just when they're having a bad day, feeling down. They just want to laugh, and and mm-hmm. it's a lighthearted fare. So. That stuff's important too, you know? Yep. All right. Thanks, Magnum. Thanks, man. So what do you get when you mix Mark Summers, Michael Malley, Stick Stickly, and Doug Funny? That's right. You get the Aggro Crag Assassin, Derek Direction, and you're listening to Wrestling Chairs. All right. A big, huge thank you to Magnum CK, the production, and even AIW and John Thorne for uh, the, for that interview. Obviously, Magnum CK for coming on the production, for allowing me to borrow Magnum CK for, for a little bit of time. And, of course, AIW and John Thorne for allowing me to do the interview before the show. And, and speaking of AIW and, and John Thorne, it was on last week's episode that I had mentioned about a tweet that I had sent out from my personal account saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing a AIW post-show, you know, the Editor of the Dragon post-show stuff right after the show, and, you know, probably having like a handful of people over and recording a nice live episode at, at my place. Well, AIW inter- intervened and said like, hey, like wh- uh, we're working on after-party details. Why don't you do it at the after-party? And in my head, I'm like, okay, yeah, whatever. I've been at these after-parties. There's no way in hell. I'm going to be able to do this. Well, obviously, I had my equipment with me for Enter the Dragon, and I went straight from Tadmore Shrine to Jersey's. It's not that far away. And my stuff was was obviously going to be in the trunk. So I was like, okay, let's let's see. Let's see what happens. I walk in, and, like, they don't have music going too loud. There's not a... Just a, a noxious amount of people there. There's enough space. I'm like, I think I might be able to do this. I talked with a few people there, uh, listeners of the show, you know, uh, Donald, Pamela, Stacy, and a c- couple other AIW fans. And, you know, it, it made sense. It really did make sense. I could do the show there in jerseys. So later on this week, you will have a one-of-a-kind episode. The review show for Enter the Dragon, and much like this episode, there's going to be a intro and outro with the meat and potatoes in the middle, not instead of just one long recording. Uh, I didn't have a lot of notes. And normally, when, when we go over the shows, we just kind of go over the results and our, our thoughts on the matches and all that. Well, there were wrestlers there, and we had a, a crazy amount of AIW wrestlers come in, sit down for a little minute, and some of them you get to know a little bit more about. I mean, we start off... With myself, Donald, who's a long-going AIW fan, for those who don't know uh, Donald. And then Ray Highclack, who was supposed to be on a couple weeks prior. We actually kind of talk about that. And then slowly but surely, it just becomes this like revolving table. Frankie Flynn happens to stop by. Derek Director stops in. Joshua Bishop, Big Twan Tucker, Worldwide, Trey Lamar, a bunch of AIW students sit down with me. And it's almost like a version of the DVD post shows that they used to do. Well, I'm no Steve Guy, and I really wasn't prepared for it. I don't know how it's gonna how it's gonna come out. Like how I did was able to get the the bar noise down a little bit. The only problem is there's there's so much noise going on, and some of these wrestlers aren't used to holding a microphone. They're not holding it really close to their mouth, which how my recorder works. If you're holding, especially with all that bar noise going on, if you're holding it directly to your mouth, I can at least make it sound decent. 
but that was like Big Twan Tucker and a couple other people. I know that they, they come away from the mic and I haven't gone through the whole file. And when I'm trying to take out the bar noise as a whole, as a one massive process that goes over the whole file, I, I know it's going to mess up for the people that moved away from the microphone a little bit or when there's a couple people talking. And because we only had two microphones, my microphone and normally it was whoever else's mic. Mine, I, I did, I did use with some people like Frankie Flynn, I, I would talk and I'd, I'd give it to him to him to talk. So it's it's very complicated, but it is a very fun thing. And I'm going to put it out there right now. If the AW does return to the Tadmore Shrine in Akron, Ohio, and Jersey's is the after party location, I'm going to make a commitment right now that I will do live after show result shows. We'll sit down with wrestlers and 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 fellow fans. We'll be a little bit more prepared the second time around. Uh, a lot of stuff was kind of like it's over an hour long. I think the recording is roughly about an hour and a half. That is a long episode for, uh, by my standards. So this episode a little bit smaller than you're used to, but we're going to make up for it in the next episode, the regular episode this week. And I really hope you you stick around for all of that fun stuff. But let's uh, let's uh, wrap up this show. And of course. Please head on over to wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, or Podbean, Podbean.com, and rate, review, and subscribe to us. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Wrestling Cheers, Twitter.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and Instagram.com slash Wrestling Cheers, and email, if you so choose a desire, Wrestling Cheers at gmail.com. We got merch at whatamaneuver.net you can find me much like this show how it's all it's wrestling cheers on facebook twitter and instagram i'm at heavyset330 on facebook twitter and instagram check out all the other shows that we have on the trending topics network such as all beer inside eurovision showcase old school at the movies trending topics network at the movies and chill the 450 podcast and so much more and check out all our podcast friends such as the chris clems Cavs cast which is going to be supposedly more regular now uh, we're winding down tour at the end of the Cavs season the wing cast a wingman podcast with steve guy let the hate flow through you with jeremy shear and el Hardano diablo fun note I mean, like I've said before, I was on a couple weeks ago, but the episode that just came out as of this recording today, but as you're listening to it, the day it comes out yesterday, but your list uh, came out this month, past Monday, uh, PB Smooth, AIW wrestler and one half of the tag team champions comes on to the show and uh, he talks about chronic complainers. So that's something you're going to want to listen to. I, I, I love PB Smooth. He's a very smooth individual. And uh, eventually, much like all the people you're going to hear on the next episode, we're going to try to get them on one way or another again. And PB Smooth is something he, he's not on the next episode, but I want him Oh, sit down interview or something that we've it's been discussed but there's so many students so many wrestlers too in general so little time on top of all these other shows but anyway we also have pod van dam the road home from wrestling weekly wrestling podcast rebel life media neo sports insiders thrift store jobber check him out on ebay instagram etsy and twitter and of course check out the official graphic designer of wrestling cheers we save the best for last that is none other than moy boy designs that will do it for us here on wrestling cheers where everybody knows your name even when you're dressed up in drag for the rocky horror picture show later Break from all your worries, sure would help a lot. 
Sometimes you want